Warning. Says, who does he think he is? I have some dirt. Will you confirm or deny? Maybe you should rephrase this. Warning. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, let, let's focus. From reality TV to real life, it's all just so dramatic with Megan Pistetto. Guys, welcome to another episode of So Dramatic. I'm Megan Pistetto. I hope you guys have all been well since I last spoke to you, which was, what, only a couple of days ago. Kris Jenner works hard, but Megan Pistetto works harder, as we know. Anyway, I have finally put together the Bachelor Goss episode from last week. There was a slight delay due to Amanda's GoFundMe page saga taking center stage last episode. (laughs) I was completely embroiled in the drama, emotionally and physically, and I just couldn't look away. It was like watching a train wreck. So let's not waste any more time and get straight into it today. Actually, before we start, a quick public service announcement. If you're an influencer or you have a blue tick, it does not give you COVID immunity. Stay home. Thanking you all kindly in advance. Kind regards, the people of Australia. Oh, and another life update, actually. The creepy, sleazy, yet friendly dude in my DMs has upped his price for pictures and chat to $10,000. Yes, $10,000. In my eyes, that's an offer too good to pass up. I will be putting the money directly into my get out of jail fund or taking you all out for margaritas. So let's hope it lands in my account soon. So much drama, such little time. Let's get into the show. But you're like the last person we can tell things to. You want to know something? I have some. So juicy. So I thought there was going to be action on The Bachelor this week, but we were catfished again. Not sure what they are smoking over in the Warner Brothers editing room. Jamie Doran did post on Instagram this week uh, a post calling the mansion the crack house. I don't know. Maybe he's onto something. Maybe he knows something that we don't. But for whatever reason, they aren't showing us the good shit that happens. For example, Zoe Claire's walkout. How dare they deprive us? Now, we all know that this is not a recap podcast. I only present new information here. But because Warner Brothers and Channel 10 have not done their due diligence, they are cutting and pasting this show like a bad group assignment. So I will have to carry the group and do all of the hard work. It's like that meme. What is it? Um... When I die, I want my group assignment members to lower me into my grave so they can let me down one last time. That is Channel 10. They are the group assignment members. So I need to explain what the fuck is going on since it's just a whole lot of blah, blah, blah at the moment. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I have had a lot of DMs asking me to explain Roxy's beef with Juliet and why she randomly got angry at her because it didn't make any sense on screen. You were confused. I was confused. We were all confused. I've done some digging. To summarize, there is a lot of stuff happening among the girls that they aren't showing us. More on this in a minute. And now it's just one big, hot, confusing mess. So while it appeared that Roxy was outraged that she didn't get to spend time with Lockie and blamed Juliet for it because she was the one that had taken him away at the start of the night, that is not what really happened. It's not the full story, guys. So before this happened, Juliet told the girls back at the mansion that she was going to take Lockie for the first chat and used the time to tell him that Roxy and Maddie were being bullies. Roxy and Maddie found out they were furious that they were about to be thrown under the bus by Juliet. So the executive producers then got wind of Juliet's plan and were called to the mansion before the cocktail party for an emergency meeting to deal with the situation that was unfolding. 
The producers assured Roxy and Maddie that if Juliet did call them bullies, it wouldn't be aired because legally they aren't allowed to air anything that talks about bullying. Then at the cocktail party, Juliet did go ahead with her plan to tell Lockie Roxy and Maddie were bullies, but all of this had to be cut out. So we were left with no context whatsoever. So all they showed was Juliet having a lovely chat with Lockie and then cut straight to Roxy going ballistic and having a meltdown at Juliet. So that's why Roxy made the comment, Juliet is throwing me under the bus. It wasn't just because she took Lockie for a chat. It was because she had concocted a not-so-secret evil plan to ruin Roxy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Now, it wasn't just Roxy and Maddie who had issues with Juliet in the house. Pause for dramatic effect. I am told that Juliet was actually the mean girl of the mansion, but Roxy was the only one who had the balls to confront her about it. She would make comments in the house like, when I crack, I crack. And the girls were scared of her because she was so unpredictable. And they told producers they did not feel safe with her in the house. I've got some quotes from an onset source who says, Juliet was unhinged. We were all on edge worrying about what she would do next. As soon as the cameras stopped rolling, she was a raving lunatic. Their words, not mine. All the girls that she was bunking with, the Mean Girls group, moved out of her room and left her alone in there because she lost her shit at one of the cocktail parties and turned feral and people were afraid of her and what she might do next. Yikes. Oh my God, oh my God. Apparently, Rosemary was the main one who was targeted by Juliet. On one occasion, Juliet left her dirty undies hanging above Rosemary's bed for a week. She put them in a plastic bag and hung them off the bed right near Rosemary's pillow. So much for OH&S. I swear to God, this show is more petty than this podcast. (laughs) Rosemary asked her to move them and she wouldn't, so she dobbed her into the producers. They didn't believe her, despite all the other girls witnessing it and backing up her story. So Rosemary was intimidated and upset by Juliet's antics. She then told producers she wanted to leave because she didn't want to stay in the house with Juliet anymore. Oh my God, oh my God. Now, it seems like Roxy is at the centre of all the dramas this season. She seems to have the emotional stability of Jamie Doran. She goes from zero to 100 very quick and I am here for it. She's also a straight up savage. I still haven't recovered from her insult to Caitlin last episode where... She called her Malibu Barbie gone wrong, like (laughs) actually deceased. Hold my funeral tomorrow, please, guys. RSVP now. Caitlin is like so stunning. She's drop dead gorgeous. So if she's Malibu Barbie gone wrong, I would hate to hear what Roxy calls me. Probably like Chucky doll gone wrong or something. So Roxy's involved in another fight this week. And again, it's over Lockie hooking up with everyone. He is surpassing Kieran, Tim and Matt as our super spreader. (laughs) He's the CEO of super spreaders. Although we can't really judge him because that is the premise of the show, a concept that Roxy hasn't seemed to grasp yet. (laughs) This time, Roxy's anger is directed at frontrunner Bella. I know I did mention this fight in a previous episode. I thought it was going to be played last week, but Channel 10 is stretching this season out more than a downward dog on a yoga mat and making us all wait another week. So I will give you guys some more details on this while we wait. Oh my God, oh my God. So Roxy comes back from her single date with Lockie and they walk into the cocktail party hand in hand. Then within two minutes of arriving, he's already making out with Bella and all hell breaks loose. Roxy completely loses it and has a huge tantrum because of the pact that they'd made about 
not kissing Lockie at the cocktail parties because it wasn't fair to everyone else. However, Roxy didn't realise that she was the only one who hadn't been pashing Lockie at the cocktail parties until Bella did it right in front of her face. So Bella cops the wrath of her anger. Roxy goes to the bathroom and is crying in there for over an hour before producers eventually managed to convince her to come out and confront Bella in her emotional state. So hopefully we do get to see that. But with the producers smoking who knows what in that editing room, we can never be certain about what is going to be served up to us on screen. But I do know that it ends with Ariba calling Roxy emotionally unstable and says that she's not all there in the head. Savage. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Now, let's talk about the elephant in the room, COVID. The Bachelor bubble gets popped this week when Osha makes the shock announcement that everyone has to leave the mansion and fly home immediately, which is just devastating news for the producers because (laughs) Stockholm Syndrome was really just starting to set in. So there was a mad rush to cram in as much as possible before the lockdown. When Zoe, Claire and Claire left the show, up until when the girls flew home, it's only one week in between that time. And they crammed in, wait for it, two group dates, two single dates and two cocktail parties. Wow, I'm tired just even thinking about that filming schedule. They also sent five girls home during the final cocktail party as they thought it would be easier to deal with coordinating less women during the lockdown period. So the girls are put into a room and Osha then puts on a sad voice, love that for Osha, and says, COVID has gotten really bad. We're going to have to go home and be with our loved ones. They're given a debrief about what was going on outside their little batchy bubble. And before that, they had absolutely no idea about what was happening in the outside world until this very moment. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So speaking of having no idea about the impending global pandemic, producers had massively downplayed the crisis up until this moment. They told the girls the media is just blowing it up. It's not as serious as it is. You're all safe. They weren't told anything. They weren't even allowed to talk about it to their family when they called. If their families tried to mention it, on the phone to them, producers would step in and shut it down. They didn't want the girls to panic, so they did everything in their power to hide the truth more than a 5G conspiracy theory. Then when the girls left, they walked out into total chaos. The borders were almost closing everywhere. Everyone was in lockdown. I've got some quotes from a contestant who says, we got to the airport and we were in total shock. We walked out of the house into Armageddon. It was completely empty. There were no groceries on the shelves and people were fighting over toilet paper. (laughs) We got out during peak stress mode. We had no idea what the hell was going on. It was like we had stepped out of a time machine. All the girls were crying and having panic attacks because it was like walking into a crazy new world and we were not at all prepared for or had any time to adjust to. Then I turned on the news and I was like, holy shit, it wasn't fair that they hid all of that from us. What if something happened to our loved ones and we had no idea? Fair enough. Oh my God, oh my God. Now let's talk about love in lockdown. I have been told it was exactly the same as The Bachelor that we see on screen usually, but just an online version of that. So they still had group dates over Zoom, they had single dates, they still had cocktail parties, and they even still had rose ceremonies. We even get an intruder during lockdown. Beck meets Lockie and the other girls for the first time via Zoom. I am told that the lockdown was actually pretty boring. However, I do have two spicy little nuggets about stuff that went down during that time. So one of them is that the producers were encouraging some of the girls to have virtual sex with Lockie over Zoom. 
Apparently they wanted them to send him nudes and told them that it would get them brownie points with him. I mean, it's not a lie. And Juliet got drunk during one Zoom cocktail party and went on a tangent about all of the girls being fake just before the roses were handed out because she thought that she wasn't going to get one and that she was going to be sent home. Side note, imagine being sent home when you're already home. Weird flex, but okay. Oh my God, oh my God. Now, apparently there is a lot of drama to look forward to when the show returns after COVID, when they're back at the mansion, including, drum roll please, another walkout. Hopefully, pray to God, they show this one. So Roxy quits the show and walks out the very first night after COVID returns at the cocktail party because of something Juliet said to her. So if my information is correct, which it always is, Juliet is now responsible for three contestants walking from the show. Yikes. Do not fight amongst yourselves. Please come to me. So will you confirm or deny? At least you're honest with me. So exclusive. So as I revealed on a previous episode that Tate and Ali had split and claims were made right on this podcast that it was because he had cheated on her. Now, if you haven't already, please go back and listen. That is your homework for tonight. So I've got some more tea on their breakup that I have been sitting on for a while now. I was saving it for a rainy day. Actually, to be honest, I totally forgot about it until Tate tagged me in a post on Instagram calling my podcast bullshit. He must have only just listened to it recently. Anyway, it turns out we have another super spreader on our hands, guys. A lovely listener who lives in Ballarat, which is where Tate lives, sent me a voice memo. We love a voice memo here. It's so dramatic. She has given me permission to play it for you guys. Not that I need it anyway, according to several lawyers that I spoke to last week. FYI. Oh my God. I'm listening to your so dramatic podcast where you're talking about Tate and Ali. And I live in Ballarat and I was at this bar called 18th Amendment. And this was like last weekend before lockdown or like just before lockdown got really crazy and he was already out with like his arm around these other girls and then he left with this other girl Tate is on the on the move in Ballarat he is loving it here (laughs) they were also talking about getting but yeah it was a wild thing to view he was out in full force Now, while this isn't more information about him cheating, this did occur just two days after Ali and Tate announced their breakup. So that's just interesting to note. From what I gather from this, he has wasted no time moving on and making the most of his newfound single status. Good for Tate. Another juicy tidbit. Another source tells me that she's friends with Tate's best friend and during filming of Ali's season of The Bachelorette, everyone was... 100% certain that Tate didn't win because while the show was airing, he was allegedly out clubbing and chatting up girls. The plot thickens, guys. Now, I have spoken to Tate this week and he has denied all claims that he cheated on Ali and said that it's not the reason they broke up. He told me, Ali and I just split up as we went different ways. Sometimes I guess life has different plans. We still chat a lot though, which is good. Maybe a reconciliation is on the cards. Who knows? I'm rooting for them, so let's hope so. This is bad behavior. Everybody calm down. It's a case for the FBI. So scandalous. So Detective Meg on the case again this week, guys. I am going to use this segment to tidy up a few loose ends 
So it's a follow-up investigation. I'm reopening the case of Lockie's bad behavior on the Survivor set because I have some fresh intel for you guys. A lot of people were doubting my claims about Lockie's bad behavior on set during the show. However, since then, I've been inundated with more evidence backing up my original claims. I just want to preface all of this by saying that this is all alleged. None of it has been proven in an actual court of law, but hear me out. Witness one says, I know a person who worked on set for this season of Survivor. When Brooke didn't choose Lockie to go on a reward, he called her a dog C. He would also sit around the campfire and boast about how many women he'd slept with. Let's hear from witness two. Lockie was a misogynistic pig to work with on Survivor. He told everyone in camp about how he was supposedly recruited for the NFL, but turned it down for a chick. He often used the S word to describe women. He would tell female crew members to suck his dick if he didn't agree with them. Savage. He threw a machete at a female producer as well. That part we have covered in a previous episode. Go back and listen if you haven't already. Now, Witness 3 says, I know a person who worked on set for this season of The Bachelor. Apparently, Lockie had anger issues on set and had a fight with the executive producer. He threw a chair at her. So security had to be in the room with Lockie and the producers towards the end of the season at all times. They refused to be alone with him anytime they interacted with him. So turns out his bad behavior wasn't just on Survivor. It seeped into filming of The Bachelor. I guess a leopard never changes his spots. Is that the saying? (laughs) Now, all of this is alleged information, but there seems to be multiple people out there who know about these incidents. Pair that with my original solid evidence, which came from an onset source, a Channel 10 source, and another Survivor star. So I guess that's case closed, hopefully for good now. Warning. Oh my God. Okay, let's focus. That's all the tea I've got for you guys today. What a dramatic episode. As per usual, drama never sleeps. I never sleep either. I am exhausted by everything that is happening at the moment. It's been a big week. It's been a lot. If you have any requests for people you want me to get on the show, any specific questions that you want answered, or even better, if you have any juicy goss for me, funny memes, receipts, whatever, slide into my DMs at Dramatic Podcast. I have been getting so many DMs. I've truly been inundated. I promise I will endeavor to get back to you all soon. I'm so impressed by all of the receipts you've been sending me. You have been busy little FBI agents. I have spies everywhere. I thought I was the only one with no life, but it turns out we're all just as bored as each other. Keep doing God's work and keep getting your Christian hours up. If you enjoyed this episode, which I assume is all of you, please subscribe, rate and review. Five stars only, of course. And to all my amazing super spreaders, please keep sharing So Dramatic Around more than Amanda's GoFundMe page and more than Lockie in the Mansion. If you could please post a screenshot on Instagram, wherever you're listening to the podcast or share an episode link on Facebook or text it to a friend, I will love you forever. And exciting news for me, actually, I hit 10,000 followers on Instagram this week. And that is all because of you guys telling your friends, leaving five-star reviews, sharing and spreading the drama around. Thank you so much to each and every one of you. I'm so appreciative. 
I might still be waiting for the $10,000 cash from the creepy dude in my DMs, but at least I got the 10K elsewhere. If you haven't already, join the Facebook group ASAP. That is where the real drama is happening. The comment section is lit. That is so dramatic podcast when you search on Facebook. And once I get a decent number of people in there, we are going to start doing some real wild shit there. So do not miss that. I can't wait to bring you more Juicy Scoops next episode, whenever that might be. I think Sunday, actually, if all goes to plan and there are no more GoFundMe pages created before then. (laughs) Just to be safe, COVID safe, make sure you have subscribed so you can access the episode as soon as it drops. Thank you for listening to another episode of So Dramatic. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. So Dramatic with Megan Pacetto.